0: On this episode of This Is Game Boy Light, I'm putting everyone else to work! Hello everybody and welcome back to a brand new This Is Game Boy Light episode. Presented only by me, Muller. Hello, everybody. Hope you're all doing well with the holidays and things coming up. Everybody's gonna have a hopefully a wonderful but still safe time. Um, anyways, um, this is a little bit of a quote unquote special episode, or maybe I'll just say a different kind of episode. Um, I will not really be talking about uh, game or a series or anything like combining things uh, that are super close to an actual game or something like that. Uh, But I wanted to take some time to do a little bit of a shorter episode um, about all of those things that we, like me, Baltic, Lex, well, EBC, I keep saying Baltic because... Why not, but yeah, EBC, Uh, what we've been working on uh, in the background, we've mentioned like snippets here and there, uh, but I do want to take some time to not only talk a little bit more about them, um, but also to actually um, ask for help uh, from anybody who might be listening or anybody who knows somebody that could help us with those things we have been doing. But I will get uh, right into that after... I of course do the little introduction section, Um, so I'll be talking a little bit about games (laughs) that I've been playing on the side. At least there will still be a little bit of game information in this episode. So, um, yeah, let's dive right into that. Uh, First, I'll talk about the games that I've been playing that are not Game Boy related. Um, First up being Star Ocean 5, Integrity and Faithlessness on PS4. Um, I think most people know the Star Ocean series by now. Maybe you've not played them, but you've probably uh, heard of them for sure. Um, I think 1 and 2 are amazing games. Um, I've never played three four was all right ish and uh, five is kind of the same deal uh, as four. Um, like mechanic wise this is not a bad game at all not a bad RPG at all it's actually fun to play sadly they did not put that much effort into anything else that comes with it so um, story-wise it's a pretty mediocre uh, boring uh, game um if you can can call it that like the main story is maybe 12 to 18 hours long depending on how fast you are going all the rest is completely optional which uh, does give you a little bit more insight into the characters and their relationship between them but the actual uh overlapping plot of the game is very run-of-the-mill and not very interesting so um if you're looking for a rpg to play for the story definitely don't go with this one if you just want a very simple i guess uh action rpg it might be fun for you like i had fun playing it but um It's definitely not on the top 10 of my favorite RPG lists at all. Um, I'm also trying to complete it, but uh, Star Ocean is uh, very well known for not being a very fun game to complete. All the achievements, of course, for the PS4 version, but it basically means completing the game as well, as you have to get all battle trophies, all items, uh, all recipes, things like that. Um, but yeah, it's it's not very fun to do, and the biggest problem with this game is that it offers uh, different uh, difficulties that only unlock after you first beat the game on easy or normal, and then you get two other ones, and if you want to get all the trophies, you have to beat it on both of those uh, other difficulties as well. Um, I've been playing it for 80 hours. I've basically completed the normal playthrough. Um, I don't intend to do the other two difficulties anytime soon. I actually shelved the game for now, but I will get back to it. Because even getting through those modes will only take about 10 hours if you just literally skip all... Well, you can't even skip all the cutscenes, but if you just plow right through it. It's not that long of a game at all. But yeah, I've had enough for now, so (laughs) I will be moving on. Um, Besides that, I've been playing a little bit, only like three or four hours of Death Stranding. I got that uh, during a Black Friday sale. Um, I've been postponing getting that game for quite a while, but now I just picked it up. And I'm just uh, really enjoying that game completely on my own. Um, Not using a guide or or whatever, because like you... Can't really miss anything if you want to complete the game. So I'm really just enjoying that. And of course, it's a Kojima game, so it's more watching than actual playing in that game. But uh, I really don't mind that because I'm I'm a big Kojima fan, of course. So um, yeah, more I can't say about that game. I don't know if I'm gonna like it in the end or not. Um, it's been fun so far, but it's it's not been very uh, challenging. Gameplay wise, I would say like it's it's not that deep yet But I'm still like basically in tutorial territory Um, New things keep popping up that you can do so um, Yeah, maybe I'll uh, report on that when I'm done with the game But that will also take like a hundred hours or something. So might be a while But yeah, that's all I've been playing non-game Boy wise Um, of course after um, October and my whole spoopdo or streaming thing. Uh, I went back to Game Boy, but the first game I had to do was... Uh basically Picross 2, because um, that was the one that was chosen. Um, but Picross 2 is basically the heart mode of the Picross games on Game Boy. So you have Mario's Picross and Picross 2. Um, and after a while, I think after 15 hours, it's it really showed that um, I wasn't prepared for that yet. Um, because I might have done a few, uh, what are they called, nanograms uh, before I played this game. But I wasn't really familiar with the techniques used for them and such. And because Picross 2 is more of advanced puzzles, um, I, I couldn't really progress the way I needed to progress in that game. So I decided to play Mario's Picross first. Um, because that starts with very easy puzzles and then goes into pretty hard ones uh near the end of the game but yeah that one took me a while that's like a 32 hours of picross that i have been playing Uh, i am familiar with the techniques now but i still have some issues here and there Uh, but i can definitely recommend that game if you're into uh, picross games or nanograms or anything like that it's really fun Um, it has a lot of content uh, so it's really perfect to like play a few puzzles here and there uh if you're like watching something or, or listening to something and then you want to do some pick crossing that's a it's a very cool game to jump into um i don't remember how many stages it had uh, on the top of my head uh it might be 250 or something or maybe i'm thinking of picross 2 but picross 2 is definitely gonna take me like 100 hours because that one is crazy big there there's like a million puzzles well not a million but um like 500 or something so that's gonna take me forever to get through the, especially because the difficulty of it is also a lot harder uh, but yeah it's a fun game I'll get back to Picross 2 next year I'm taking a little break from it even though I am uh, keeping the techniques fresh in my head by playing uh I always forget what it's Called, but there's a Konami Picross game that you can play on your phone um, So I'm playing that like one or two puzzles a day just to keep it fresh in my mind So I don't uh, lose those techniques when I get back to Picross 2 for Game Boy um, After that I played Legend of the River King. I started that like two times already um, But I, I really didn't get it quite enough um, it, it's not really a game for me, really. Um, if you don't know what Legend of the River King is, it's basically an RPG and a fishing simulator. So, um, think this was the first one they made. It's by Natsume, um, who also did Animal Crossing. Like it, it might look really familiar, or is it Harvest Moon? I'm always mixing those two up. Uh, but anyways, like it, you can you can see the resemblance between uh, between the series at least, but. I don't know if this was their first try completely or not. But there's also a Game Boy Color version of the same game. And I do hope they ironed out some of the weird mechanics they had for uh, for this game. Because there are ways to softlock yourself if you run out of money. Um, the actual battle system is not very fun in it at all. Um, it's also hard to understand how you have to get the fish correctly because there's too many ways that you can do it and there's too many options for you to pick from and it's not always clear what you need to do. Um, Good thing is there is um, a map in the manual that shows you where exactly all the different fish are so you kind of know where you have to go to but you still have to figure out what you actually need to use to catch sad fish um, but most of them work with the same thing i found out like i only used one rod or two because one is a little bit larger than the other one or, or longer in this case and only three types of bait in the end to catch every fish that i needed to progress the game um, but yeah it, it, it wasn't for me but i can see that a lot of people actually like this game and i do hope and I don't think I have to play any more of them, but I do hope that in like later iterations of, uh, of this game, they worked out some kinks in the mechanics to make it a lot more pleasant. Um, I did enjoy the game, but it's still not really a game for me. Um, after that was Dick Tracy. Um, a lot of people probably know the NES version of that game, and how it's definitely not a good game. Uh, This one is fine. Um, It's basically a a normal platformer and a shooter, so nothing too special about it. It's not really hard, at least I did not find it to be really hard. Um, It has passwords for every stage, so you can get through it quite easily. It only has five stages in the end. Um, The mechanics are a little bit weird at first, but yeah, I did really enjoy this game. I think it was uh, was a pretty, pretty cool platformer to play. Um, after that, I played Tumble Pop, which is basically a game like Bubble Bobble or Snow Brothers, mixed a little bit with Ghostbusters, weirdly enough. Um, so you get uh, stages where you have to destroy all the enemies and then you can move on. You have a set time to do those in um, and you can pick up like extra items that can help you out or you can pick up letters and if you spell out tumble pop you go into a bonus stage where you can uh, get more extra lives and things like that Um, this is basically a sequel to the arcade game tumble pop which I think only offered like 10 different stages, repeated over and over and over again. This actually has a complete world in it where you traverse from like a castle to a circus, to a factory, yada, 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 and you face a boss at the end of those sections. And then in the end, you are able to access the final area and go to the... uh, What you think, final boss? But after you've beaten the boss, you actually get sent back out to the start of the game um, where new paths have opened throughout the stages. So you have to re... Well, not redo. Then you have to do those new stages, which unlocks the bosses again. um, So you can face... Again, uh, face off against those again throughout the stages. They haven't changed at all. They're completely the same. And if you've beaten all of them again you get access to the final world again uh, do a few more stages and then you end up at the what you again think will be the final boss. But nope, it is not. Um, you actually defeat the boss and then you go into a boss rush where you have to defeat all of those bosses again that you've previously faced. Yes, even the one that you just literally did in the same world. Um, That was really weird to see. Um, Again, they didn't up the difficulty or anything. It's literally the same fights again. Um, And after that, you actually get to face the final boss, which has, I believe two forms three forms i don't remember Um, but yeah that boss rush at the end was completely unnecessary because you've already beaten everything twice but hey there you go that's uh that's just how this game goes um it's very fun i would really recommend it i had a lot of fun with it it's very easy um it offers passwords but i don't think you'll need them unless you want to take a break Um, but yeah i would say check that game out it's it's a pretty cool take on the Genre, if you can call it that. And I think it's more fun to play than uh, Bubble Bobble or Snow Bros. So, yeah. Alright, moving on. I played Prehistoric Man, which is a quote-unquote port of an old DOS game. Um, I love this game. This was a really cool game. Um, It's a very standard platformer, I would say, with uh, some very weird hitboxes, for sure. Um, But it has, like, amazing graphics, cool music, and... In my opinion very interesting boss fights like they're not what you would expect from from boss fights where you just have to hit them uh to kill them um i mean you do still have to hit them of course but uh they always have like some kind of cool mechanic to them which makes them pretty interesting to do um yeah this was a fun game i really enjoyed playing through it it only took me like two two or three tries to get through it because uh, you only have two continues in this game. Uh, But you can pick up some extra lives throughout the game by collecting a bunch of food or straight out finding uh, finding one-ups through the stages. And all the stages are... As soon as you know the stages, they only will take you like a minute or two minutes to get through anyways. Um, it's some of the boss fights that take a little bit longer to get through, especially the second boss fight. Uh, but I don't want to spoil the boss fights because I really think everybody should uh, check out this game on their own. Um, and then the game I'm currently playing is a Buster Brothers or pang uh, as it's called in europe and japan i believe well, in america it's buster brothers or buster bros which is an art an art take yeah it's an arcade type of game um where you're at the bottom of the screen and you're shooting a hook upwards trying to destroy balls um, i call them balls apparently the manual says they're balloons um and I think the game itself says they are bubbles so i don't think they even know what they are but i just call them balls uh, but you hit a big ball it splits into two medium balls you hit the medium balls they split into two uh small balls um it's it's a game that everybody will recognize immediately at least um the game Boy version is like world-based where you have like three stages per world or something like that that wouldn't makes sense math-wise in the end, but maybe some only have two, whatever, doesn't really matter. But you go through uh, the entire world, basically, the actual world, I mean, like Paris, and and, uh, I can only come up with this, (laughs) Paris right now, Uh, Leningrad. I mean, you travel all over the world, Uh, do a few stages and move on. Uh, And this game offers 50 stages in total no continues um, but weirdly enough you can select stage 17 on the world map that's as far as you can select Uh, you also have to start playing from 17 again or you just play through the entire game which is not that easy Um, i'm still stuck with it um the final few stages are really wrecking me um but i am enjoying this game but it's very stressful because it's like one hit kills you only have six lives to start with um Extra lives are sparse. It's either 10,000 points or they fall sometimes when you shoot one of the balls. Um, But I hope I'll get through that game soon. Like, for me today, hopefully. Um, But yeah. for for everything else uh, maybe when we do the next uh, episode. But yeah, that's all I've been playing. So there you go. There's a little bit of uh, gaming information for you. Um, Right after this break, I'll be jumping into talking about two of the projects that we are doing. um, And I will uh, dive a little bit deeper into those and tell you how you can help us out with both of them. So be right back. Welcome back everybody, hope you enjoyed that sweet sweet Game Boy song. So yeah, I'm gonna be talking about two things we have been working on in the background, which you probably have heard of um, on our streams or uh, on other episodes for sure. At least in small snippets, but um, I want to make it a little bit more official now. So um, me, EBC and Lex have been working on basically a database for Game Boy games. What that means is that we are trying to get all information that is possible um, on every Game Boy game that has ever been released and even some of the um, not official releases like the the Saken games or even in the future like new games that are getting released. Like I talked uh, about Daddyus, for example which is a new Game Boy release because it, it actually has a ROM and it's it, should work on everything. Um so it's not just uh like a Game Boy inspired game but actually a Game Boy game. Mm-hmm. And with Game Boy Studio out there, a lot of people are making new Game Boy games. So it would be nice to have like a database for those in the future as well. Uh, but yeah and right now we are actually concentrating on getting manuals for the game boy games um the thing is for a lot of other systems a lot of the manuals are digitally available um i'm gonna give one example which is the project that peeps has been doing with the super nintendo manuals like he's basically done um they basically have all manuals um, so people can just go to the website and find the information they need. For Game Boy it's a little bit more complicated for sure. Um, There are not that many scans out there and it's really hard for us to find any more than we have right now. Um, I'm just gonna give an example like um, our complete list of Game Boy games and like add-ons and things like that comes at 2095 entries which is a lot Um, but at the moment we only have 368 manuals tied to those things so a lot of game boy games are just missing a manual out there which makes it really hard to sometimes play some of the games Um, example giving swamp thing That was a real short to find out how to play without a manual, but eventually I did. Um, But we still don't actually have a manual for that game in particular. Mostly because people are asking 50 euros for it online, which is like way too much for just a manual to begin with. And we also don't have a budget to just go out and buy every single... uh, manual that we are missing Um, but anyways we are trying to find people who have manuals available to them which we are missing so that they can scan them and actually submit them to us so we can uh, fill out that database as we go um like the thing right now is that um we are doing some of the scans on our own like i had a few um, that i did ebc still has a few that he can do we can add them but it's not gonna amount to much uh, we did find out a lot of the we did find a lot of them on the internet um if you can call it a lot of course um, again we only have 17 and a half percent right now um and for english manuals that definitely went all right but there's also a big part that's only for japan and we don't really know how to find those and they probably are out there um so one thing that would help us out a lot is if somebody knows or can teach any of us how to like use the japanese google basically to find out things, uh, to, to find manuals, because I'm sure there are some sites that will have like a collection of a few of those scans. Um, but it would be nice if we could like go through it that way and find out more before we have to like start scanning and buying and things like that. Um, of course the second thing that comes with is just asking everybody who has a manual that is not available yet on our database. Um, and I'll give you the link to the database in a, in a few moments so you can check which ones we are missing. Um, but if you have any manual that is definitely not available right now in English, that's our first priority because that is the thing that is the most internationally used or usable um, to put out there. Do you have any other Game Boy manuals? Say, for instance, you have a European manual of a game. Um, even if we already have an English version, doesn't really matter. Um, European versions are also welcome, uh, because usually those are, and like for me, I can give the example, in Belgium they print them in Dutch and uh, French, um, but they're also like quote-unquote European manuals where they just print it in all languages, like French, Spanish, Italian... Uh, blah, 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 whatever you can come, uh, come up with. And there's also, for example, Scandinavian manuals. Um, I have one uh, for Solomon's club, which is Swedish, uh, Danish and uh, Norwegian, for example, Um, are those as helpful as the other ones? No, but we would like to have them as well. So if you have one of those, you can always submit them Um, again. Check first, if we already have one, you don't have to do work that is completely unnecessary, but also definitely check the quality of those manuals. Like if you see, oh, the quality of this scan is actually pretty poor and you want to do a better job, go ahead, do it, send it, we'll replace it with the best version we have, so that will be available for people as well, Um, right? Now you might be thinking, okay, I would love to do things like that, but how would I get those manuals to you? Um, Normally when this episode comes out, public submission forms should be available on the website to, uh, to actually just submit them anyways. So even if it's not, you can always just contact me or Lex or EBC, of course, um, and, and post them or yeah, give us a link to them. Um, do we have a requirement for them? Not really. Just do whatever you can do. Um quality wise or or whatever wise if you can only like uh get JPEGs off them or, or whatever. It doesn't really matter, we can always like um put them in PDF ourselves if necessary uh, or something like that but yeah any any game any language any quality you can provide is fine just first uh, make sure we we don't have it yet or that you can provide us with a better version basically so so you're not uh wasting your time so yeah but yeah that's that's our first priority at least like uh getting that done which is gonna take years, probably, but uh, but again, uh, it's, it's, it's basically the first thing because manuals are very important to play a lot of games, so uh, it would be nice if we could uh, push that forward a long way so we can get far from that 17.5 percent because that's. Definitely, definitely not a lot. Um, So Lex uh, made sure that I mentioned a few other things about this. Um, So as I said, the public submissions should be available um, for sure uh, after this episode comes out. Um, And we also will do non-Game Boy Nintendo manuals in the future, uh, ranging from NES to DSi. And the ones we have available will be on the internet as well by the end of the year. Um, But I wouldn't worry too much about that. If you want to submit one of those, you can as well, of course, but um, we're mostly just gonna concentrate on Game Boy uh, ourselves. The rest is just extra that we can provide. on that website and I'll just say the URL right now which uh, well at least for the manuals is gbmanuals.com it will uh, refer you to sprintinglegs.com uh, where where you can find all the information uh, but yeah if, if you look at the list and you click on one of the things you will be taken to a page um, where it has a lot of information about <clears throat> set manual, so it has file hash values. It has the file uh, <clears throat> file size. It says who it's uploaded by, who it's scanned by, what the quality is, and a way to, of course, download those links. Um, but meanwhile. Lex is also making a master list of Game Boy games, uh, which doesn't not only include the manuals, of course, but also a full data set about uh, Game Boy games, uh, which means getting metadata out of the ROMs about each game, what card types they have, what the player count is, yada, yada, yada. So that's the... That's actually the final goal of this entire project is to have like a database that if you look up a Game Boy game, you get literally all the information that, um, on a surface level is available, but also on a deeper level. So um, that in- includes like checking the ROMs if there was any like differences between them um, <clears throat> and things like that. It's kind of hard to explain uh, for me at least because I'm not super... well not into that i I love seeing that but i don't know that much about it um but um it's just to provide the best information possible about each game um no we will not make roms available um that is not a thing that we are trying to do we are just using roms out of the cards we have to um check them against each other uh just to see if there's some weird kind of uh How do you call it Uh, differences between them that we should be aware of uh, just different versions of games or something like that. So it's all just to figure out the data behind it, not to provide people with ROMs to play the game. So that that is definitely not a thing that we will do. What else did Lex uh, tell me to mention? Uh, Yeah, the database will eventually also have a public API uh, for anybody who wants to use it for like an application or a website or things like that, uh, just to pull the data from. So that will also be available Um, so you can use it for all the projects you are uh, trying to make actually so. Um, besides the manuals uh, we will also be seeking out scans of cards in the near future um, actually something me legs and EBC have been doing it uh, in the few months before this as well like we scanned literally all of our cards and with cards we don't only mean um, the front of the card, but also like the inside of the card so pictures of the boards and things like that so those are also things that if we are missing one of them, you can eventually submit those as well. But that's that's for the near future, that's not for now. Uh, but if you are interested in helping us out with that, just please contact us and, and we'll give you the necessary information uh, to start helping out with that as well. But yeah, that's, that's pretty much all I can say about that project in particular. So if you want to help us any way you can, Starting with the manuals, that's, that's our first priority. Let us know or use a public submission form that will be available on gbmanuals.com. So there you go. Taking a short break now before I start uh, with the next quote-unquote project. So enjoy this nice Game Boy tune while I'm gone. And welcome back again everybody. Hope you enjoyed that a nice tune. So let's talk a little bit about the second thing that mostly I have been doing, but uh with help from the Game Boy community. So um I talked a lot about that I am doing a Game Boy System challenge of course, just to get videos out there for basically all the games that are playable. Um there are a few that I can play due to not knowing Japanese, of course. But uh, it's all just a way to basically get information out there about Game Boy games that some people may have never heard of. So that is that is basically the starting point of my uh, entire system challenge. Uh, with that uh, and from that, of course, comes the Tiny Ten, uh, which we have talked about Off in the past before uh, which is basically the speed running race uh, that comes out of it because I keep finding new games um, and then I put them in the race so people can uh, basically enjoy them a lot of these that I put in the tiny 10 are already established games but not games that have been run a lot um, if you think of Game Boy speed running, most people will just think about Kirby's Dream Land, Pokemon, Super Mario Land 1 and 2. Um, but there are a lot of other games out there and we've mentioned it a lot of times before that uh, basically the Game Boy library is... Uh, an untapped pool of speed running. Um, there are quite a few games that have one or two runners uh, that one time did something, but nothing really comes out of it uh, beyond that. And that's why the Tiny Ten basically got established. So um, we got uh, some new games to put out there that people can enjoy, maybe get interested in, finding no, new routes, uh, getting that time down, and getting more people interested in speedrunning Game Boy games. So um, Tiny Ten Eleven just ended. We had um, a lot of established runs that got new routing because of it. Got a few new world records here and there, which is always very cool to see. Um, But basically, I am already starting planning the next Tiny Ten, which will be in about a year. Um, Do I not have enough games to put on that list? Uh, Well, no. I, I, I... I think I already have like 22 games in the pool that we can just pick from. We just have to get a a good order, basically. Um, So it makes for an interesting race. Um, But I do have a lot of games on the research list. Uh, The research list basically is a uh, list of games that I have found while doing Portable Pleasure that either have uh, absolutely no run do have a run but is clearly not routed well or uh just games that i thought would be interesting to have a run for um, sometimes i just come across something and it's like oh this looks uh, really cool uh, maybe maybe we can t- uh, see what we can do with that game so um on the game boy discord the game boy community discord people have access to that list And everybody's free to just pick one of those games and start seeing if they can find something. Um, And if a good or great speedrun comes out of it, I put it on the list of possible games for Tiny10. So it's all just a way to just uh, make people familiar a little bit more with Game Boy games, because sadly, a lot of people still steer away from speedrunning those. And even though I am not technically a speedrunner myself I just find games and put them out there Um, it is always nice to see when people are starting to get interesting in one of these games and it's just nice to see a lot more uh, varied Game Boy runs besides again Kirby's Dreamland Pokemon and Super Mario Land 2 so if you're at all interested in uh, helping out with like i said completely new games with no routes or you want to like do a task for an already known game uh just to find out some new techniques that could be used by uh by runners um just join the gameboy community discord and it's easy to find where it is it's, it's a channel called tiny 10 research basically um, and there's also speedrun itself uh, one of the channels uh, but that's where people come together to discuss these these new games or these old games and see if they can find uh, new things or, or just uh, rework some some routes um, I'm gonna give one example I talked about prehistoric man earlier uh, prehistoric man does have an actual speed run only one run um, and watching that run, I saw that there's, with that route alone, a lot of uh, a lot of improvement possible. But while I was playing the game casually myself for portable pleasure, I found a warp in the game, not a glitch, like an actual warp in the game that uh, skips basically one minute of the entire run. So um, that's what I said in the in the Discord, like, hey, this game has a route, but here's a skip that you can do that I just found out while just playing it casually. Uh, If anybody is interested in picking it up and and, uh, reworking the game, here you go. Um, So yeah, that's basically the second project uh, that we are working on. Um, And we... For this podcast, we don't talk about speedrunning that much unless we really know something about that game because that is totally not the focus of the podcast. Um, but I know a lot of people do love speedrunning and um, I think... Well, I know. I don't think. I know there's still a lot of potential for Game Boy speedrunning out there. And um, this is just a call-out to to uh, see if, if anybody is uh, interested in picking things up and... Uh, yeah, just again, contact us. Come to the Game Boy Discord and you can find a uh, link to the Game Boy Discord on gbrunners.com. So our normal website, you can just find one. It's on the front page on the sidebar. You can just click it and you will uh, you will go to our Discord. Um, and speaking of just speedrunning in generally for Game Boy, a lot of people have said like, yeah, but... I need a correct hardware or something like that, um, but like the Super Game Boy 2 is really expensive nowadays, uh, which is true, which is true. But there is a new option, which we just verified because people ask that about it. Um, there has been a new version of the SD2 SNES or the FX pack um, Everdrive for Super Nintendo, uh, which ha- now has a Super Game Boy 2 core, on it and that one we actually can verify is allowed for speedrunning so um, you don't have to go out and buy a super gameboy 2 you can just use that if you already have it or if you were planning on getting one anyways um, that is a new way for people to actually start gameboy speedrunning and hopefully when this episode comes out, I will have updated uh, the Game Boy Speed Running Explained page on gbrunners.com as well uh, to hold that information. But yeah, that's basically the two things I wanted to talk about today. Again, this is more of a podcast about asking for help um, from everybody who can help us. So again, just feel free to contact us for any of these things. Um We definitely, definitely appreciate it. And it will be very nice in the end to have like a one website where all information uh, is available for Game Boy games and basically also Game Boy Speedrunning. But yeah, that's, that's everything I had to talk about today. And with that, I will tell you people where you can find us, of course. Um, Like I mentioned, gbrunners.com is one of the websites that's basically uh, about speedrunning, of course, Um, but you can also find our own website Gameboy.com, which is basically also on GB Runners at the moment but uh, we do have the url thisisgameboy.com where you can find links to all of our things like all of our socials um, so you can find EBC's socials there my socials there and Lex's socials there and also like a link to her own website sprintinglex.com uh, where not only you can find those Game Boy manuals but also some uh, some other stuff always tied to Game Boy, so that's uh, that's the best way to get in contact with us um, of course you can also find a link to our patreon over there if you are so inclined to maybe help us out monetarily you can always become a patron through there or you can just do a one-time donation of course through PayPal um, you get benefits from that of course I uh, you always get something in return, uh, which gives you access actually to our, uh, episode notes, um, some behind the scenes clips, um, like we have a few of them on SoundCloud that are only available if you have a link, um, which you can only access if you are a patron or somebody who de- donated to us. Uh, make sure if you would do it through PayPal to contact us, uh, or give us like a little note with your donation saying, "Hey, this is me. Um, I would like to have the benefits on Discord and things like that as well, uh, so you, we can give you the necessary privileges to do that." Um, of course if you want to support us um, without uh, actually paying for it, there's an easy way to do that. Um, Just mention our podcast to whoever you know, so they can listen to it as well, or give us like a thumbs up or a review or a like, or however it works on whatever platform you're using. Um, So words get spread out that we actually exist and, So people can listen to us. And speaking of that um, right now, I think we have a combined 9,600 listens um, on SoundCloud at least. Um, And it would be really cool if we get to 10K by the end of the year. So yeah, spread the word that we exist. That will help us out in the long run as well. But yeah, with that, I am signing off next uh, well next episode i like i said i always say next week but it's next episode me and cbc will be talking about asterix see you then <music> Boy, I hope I talked about that correctly